Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper in prayer? Did you know I'm reaching millions of people every month through the power of prayer on social media? You can join me for daily corporate prophetic prayer sessions as I press into what the Lord is saying and release words of knowledge, prophecy, counsel, and teaching. Join online Mornings with the Holy Spirit prayer calls, facebook.com slash Jennifer LeClaire, Periscope at Prophetic Books. These calls are bringing transformation to people in the nations around the world. Mornings with the Holy Spirit, Facebook, Periscope, 6 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, or catch the replay. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seer's ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. Amen. I want to talk to you today about breaking the assumption that pastors have concerning... Which is W I T C H E S, which is not witches, but witches that attend uh, their congregations. And um, so that way there is no collateral, collateral, collateral damage. All right. Now, um, let me first say this. Um, I just finished getting off phone. I'm here in our office, my office, and I just finished getting off the phone. And uh, this is about maybe the third time, maybe the fourth time in two weeks that I've been made privy to or have had conversations with Christians who were labeled a witch. W-I-T-C-H, who weren't a witch. The church genuinely believed that they were a witch. I spoke to somebody yesterday that I actually know. Um, And this person was crying on the phone because they had had as much false accusation that they could handle. And about 40 minutes ago, I was on the phone with someone in Canada Uh, who was also a minister attending a church who got labeled a witch. Now, let me throw out a disclaimer. Do witches, Satanists, Luciferianists, Freemasons uh, attend churches? Yes, they do. Do they infiltrate churches? Yes, they do. Have they infiltrated churches? Yes, they have. Are a large percentage of the leaders in many churches actually Freemason witches? Yes, they are. But that is a relatively small, small, extremely small, that it is not even at 1%. That thing is like 0.01%. Now, that is enough to cause and wreak havoc 
But so let me throw this out before uh, the demon conscience, conscience folk feel like, are you saying that witches haven't infiltrated churches? Witches have infiltrated churches. Um, have witches attended my church? More than likely. <laughs> I call it out, though. <laughs> but here's what I'm really going to give you some pointers. So that way, pastor and leader. Now, here's, here's what I've learned is that the people making the accusation nine out of ten times are not doing it with bad intentions. There's a lot of false assumptions and false accusations in the body of Christ uh, that are being propagated by genuine, sincere leaders of the church who've never been trained on how to discern and identify. Let me say that again. Uh, um, let me say that again. That... The vast majority of what I've been 20, at least in 2019, that I have seen of people being labeled, uh, accused, uh, kicked out of a church, um, has been on the back and the premise of those who um, were sincere, but sincerely wrong. Let me throw this out there for those of you. The Bible is very, very severe concerning false accusation. Even if your heart and motive was pure, baby, your, your accusation had better be biblically, biblically accurate. Second, the facts have had to have been determined and investigated. Third, you had to have a team of people to say, you know what, we've investigated, we've prayed about it. This person is this. And what I am finding is that uh, the verdict that many churches are have labeled someone, Jezebel, you know, Absalom, uh, you know, uh, she got a demon of witchcraft, you know, are wrong, are wrong, are absolutely wrong, but sincere. And while the person moves on and like, okay, I guess I was wrong, they don't realize that they just destroyed someone's life. I just was on the phone maybe about 45 minutes ago asking this person, she was like, I'm done with church. I can't do this no more. I can't do this no more. I can't do this no more. And I was like, no, 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 you can't be, you can't say that. You got find, just find another church, you know. And it gets frustrating. So, here's what I want to talk about. Okay, uh, I'm gonna give you some points so that way um, we can stop false accusing. As a, someone wrote in the chat, false accusing people. Someone wrote in the chat, wrote, yes, traumatizing. That's exactly what I told the person. I said that must be traumatizing. This is exactly what I said. I said that must be traumatizing that your church is calling you. A witch? You know? Okay, let's jump into the first thing, all right? Number one. Number one. I'm going to tell you something that my wife, Mama Pagani, uh, she coined this phrase. She said, she said to me one day, 
because we have issues like this in my church too. You know, people are growing. They don't know any better, you know. And as I said before, my wife is integrated with the people, right? Uh, very integrated. So she kind of, she said this to me one day, you know, because I asked, I said, man, what the heck is going on here, man? Like, what is up with these folk, man? Like, wow, they were dead wrong in that. And she said this phrase to me that probably should be a book. She said, she said, take your discernment off of optics. That's what she said to me. That's what she said. She said, when a person's discernment is on optics, they get it wrong. You know, that is so simple, but yet so profound that it's worth a book. She literally said, take your discernment off of optics. What does that mean? In case you don't know what optics means, it means visuals. And she gave some examples. Have you ever had a long day of work and was drained? Especially at the end of the year that the, your job is trying to close loose, loose ends, it's overtime, and you went straight from work to church, but you walked in church drained as heck. And then you get some silly intercessor. Then you get some immature prophet coming up to you with an Edo shy. The Lord say that you're going through a season and the Lord say, don't leave. And you're like, what the heck are you talking about? I'm tired from work. Like, what the heck? I'm not I'm not angry at the house. I'm drained. Eat oh, no, 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 shot. The Lord says you haven't been spending time. The Lord says, what? Like, and that's because when people go based on optics, I see it all the time. I'm a pastor. I've been pastoring 17 years. People go based on optics. Have you ever walked into church and your visuals are not the same of how you're feeling in your spirit? Have you ever been so drained here, but your spirit was like, oh, I'm so happy to be in God's house. I'm just tired. Have you ever been so tired sitting through worship, but your spirit is like, but your body is just sitting there, but your spirit is receiving. And then you get some, some, some fleshly reactionary worship leader talking about, Sister, my brother, stand up, lift your hands. You're like, baby, I'm tired, man. Like, I'm tired. I'm tired, man. It's not about, I don't feel like worshiping. I'm genuinely tired. Now, let me tell you something. Now, 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 now watch this. Watch this. When your discernment is, is on optics, you get it wrong, Samuel. Hello, Prophet Samuel. You get it wrong. You can read this. First Samuel. Chapter 13, and the Lord had to rebuke him and say, hey, Samuel, my head prophet, my master prophet, my arch prophet, my archbishop, hey, Samuel, I, the Lord, don't look at optics. I look at the internal. I don't look at optics. I don't look at the appearance because the Bible says that the prophet, he looked at the brothers and said, this guy is the one. This is the one. And the Lord said, that's not the one. That's not the one. The Lord says, that's not the one. 
Did you catch what I just said? The Lord said, that's not the one Samuel. And Samuel had to say, well, okay, I guess it's not the one. Really, Lord? Wow. Okay, the next guy, that, that got to be the one. God said, that's not the one. And he went through each one. God was shooting down seven levels of his optics, seven layers that he needed deliverance from. And finally, the prophet said, oh, do you sure this all the brothers? And Jesse said, I got another son. And he came in and he did not look the part. He did not look the part. And the Lord said, that's the guy right there. That's the guy right there. You see what I'm saying? So, okay, watch this. Watch this. When your discernment is based on optics, there's room for genuine error because everything is not as it appears. Let me give you an example of this. I seen this because I was there. And then I'm going to give you another one about, based on something that the person told me over the phone yesterday that called me. Um, there, was a young, there was a person that came to the church. It was a true story. I love giving real examples because everybody loves to condemn, but don't tell their own doo-doo. You know, I'm going to share our own stuff. There was a person that came to the church. True story. Was visiting the church for a couple months was in almost every service, but this person wore a headpiece. They wrapped themselves in a headpiece and they predominantly dressed in black, right? All right? After a while, uh, some folks began to assume that this person was a witch. And upon, it's a true story, guys. This is a true story. I give real examples. Upon, it's a true story. Um, eventually, the person left. One of my spiritual children ran into them in the supermarket and said, hey, why haven't you uh, come to the church? We haven't seen you for, for a minute. And they said, because one or two individuals approached me saying that they said I was a witch and that they were watching me. Here was the issue of why she wore the headpiece and why wore black. I'm going to tell you what really happened. This person was coming out of Judaism and is married to a Jew. This person's spouse is a full-blown Judaic, real Jew. They're married to a Jew. And because this person was an authentic Jew, the wife was had to wear the headpieces to guard and to cover. Well, what happened was this person converted to the Messiah and was attending our congregation. That answers it, that answers, that answers it. That answers it, right? So when I finally, when I finally told, I called, called the person. I said, hey, you need to come back. They were like, pastor, it's not even about you. Not coming back. Now this person does visit sometimes in midweek, but the damage was done. Now here's the issue. The people that approached them, I had to approach and say, you guys were wrong in this. And the truth of the matter was, it was not done with malicious intent. It was, it was, it was done with sincerity. Want to know why? Because when your discernment is on optics, everything is not as it appears.
Watch this. Yesterday I had a conversation. Someone that called me on the phone crying from another congregation. Another congregation. True story. Now, now watch this. Based on the same thing. Sort of the same thing, right? Now I know this person. I I sent them to this particular church, you know, in another state. Great church, powerful church. I minister there frequently, you know, and uh the person called me, talking with them, and the church, the true story, this is a true story. I'm gonna show you how this thing works. I'm gonna show you how this thing works. Is they got labeled a witch. They 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 the person thought it out saying, I ain't no witch, I ain't going nowhere. Long story short, they still go into the church. They keep saying that because one, and, and here was the accusation, which is going to lead to my next point, okay? Somebody from the church, somebody uh, from the church, literally, listen to me, somebody from the church, literally, somebody from the church went to their house and saw that this person had candles lit. The person assumed they had a lot of candles and the person left and said they were a witch because they went to the house and saw a lot of candles lit. Let me share a secret with you. I pray with my candles. When I pray to the Lord, I dim the lights. I put my scented candles on because I like that the room, the smell, like the fragrance of my candle. Who doesn't like candles? You know, I pray with candles simply because it creates an ambiance in my office that I am able to pray in a relaxed environment. Wow. If you was to ever come in my room and anybody that knows me knows I love candles. As a matter of fact, watch this. Look how many candles I got. Look at this. Look at all these candles. Look at all these candles. Here's another one. 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 You see this? Another candle. Another candle. Look at all these candles. Look at all these candles. See? And sometimes... When, I'm, when it's 5 o'clock in the morning, I can't turn the lights on in my house. You know what I'm saying? In my house. This is what I'm saying. So I have to put the candles on because if I turn on the lights to pray at 5 o'clock in the morning, it wakes everybody up. So I pray with my candles. Do you see what I'm saying? Let me ask you, does this make me a warlock? Does this make me a warlock? If you came in my house and you didn't know me and you looked, and you saw me praying with a dim light, talking about and there was a bunch of candles on. If you go, if you go based on optics, you're gonna walk away. You're gonna walk away saying, your Pagani's a warlock. Long story short, this person that I know was labeled a witch off of candles. Okay, so number one is this. This is this is real stuff. Number one is this, okay? Watch this, all right? Look at this. So number one is get your discernment off of optics. Number two point is this. What is or are the lists of requirements that will help you determine what something is and what something isn't. What are those rules to determine someone's a witch? I'm asking, you know, Revelation chapter two, Jesus praised the church of Thyatira because he said, you have proof tested those who said they were apostles and you have found them to be false. Okay, okay, so let me ask you, 
what are the requirements, the lists of uh, rules to determine uh, what something is and what something isn't? Baby, you can't, you better not tell me a dream. You better not tell me I had a dream because your dreams are fickle watching Empire and Sugar Daddy and Netflix all day. And then you had a, who called on training? I had a dream. Baby, and you don't pray. You pray 10 minutes and you had a dream. Don't give me that dream stuff. Okay. What? The Bible gives us a list of how to determine a false prophet, right? It tells you Ezekiel 13, Deuteronomy 18. Okay. What? are the lists what is the list what is the list that what is the list that determines what are the eight things let's say it's eight things what is the list to determine that someone's a witch and not a witch tell me i'm genuinely i'm genuinely asking okay if there's no list then how do you know that your accusation is accurate I was on the phone, my office phone, trying to talk to somebody getting crying on the other end because some sincere intercessor was over there on Ikoroshe, got in the pastor's ear. And you know pastors who aren't prophetic and are apostolic, they don't listen to whatever the intercessor says and just, you know, and the person was crying on the phone saying, my pastor knows me. And he sat there and didn't defend me. Like I was... And I didn't know what to say. I was like, well, I don't know why your pastor didn't. Because I know the pastor. I sent her to that church. This is true stories. You know? So number two is, right? What is the list? What's the list? What are the requirements? Where are the requirements? To, to predetermine whether something is true uh, and something is false. Tell me if you know. Don't give me no dream. Don't give me I felt something. I mean, get, sit, sit your emotions down. Sit your emotions down. What are the biblical prerequisites to determine suffer not a witch to live? The Bible says suffer not a witch to live. What are those? What are those? What are those requirements? No one knows. No one knows. 2019, you could be honest, how many Facebook posts have you saw in 2019 exposing some witch? Exposing this person as a warlock and this person as a Jezebel. Okay, I'm with you. You got to do it. Okay, what are the rules to determine someone's a Jezebel? What are they? Where's that list? So we could say, my brother, do you do this? Oh, my brother, what's your thoughts on Jesus? Oh, okay, so based on your answer, we determine you to be a, a warlock. What? So so the determining factor is disagreement? Because that's the new thing now. We disagree, you're a warlock. See? So number two is your church should have a list outlined called the Constitution of the Church or dogma that says this is what our local ecclesia and team of elders believe to be based on scripture to be the determining factors where someone could potentially be on assignment from the dark side 
to, 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 to infiltrate our leadership or our church. You got to have the list. And the list comes from here. The list don't come from my book. The list comes from here. You have to have. Okay. Number three. Number three. Number three. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Um, number three is this. Our worldview is shaped by the borders from which you and I were raised and live in. You need to get outside your bubble and so that you can see different perspectives and be like, oh, oh, oh. Because people are getting hurt with, I didn't know. That's not an excuse in 2020 that we hurt 30 people in the last 10 years because we falsely accused them. And then finally, we go, oh, wow, we were wrong. You don't hurt 30 people in 10 years. Meaning like without accusation. You see what I'm saying? See, see, here's the beauty of what I learned as I traveled is that my church ain't the only church that's on and popping. As a matter of fact, the skill you think you have is only measured up to the people that are around you. But get around someone who has 30 years of seasoned ministry in that thing, and you're going to realize. Let me give you an example. I remember five years ago when I thought I was the man in deliverance. And then I got around Apostle Eckhart and Dr. Stevenson, my friends. And I was like, man, I'm on baby level. Like, this true story. I thought I was like, yo, I'm the Puerto Rican dude, finessing this thing, hot commodity, fastest rising internet sensation. I'm, the, I'm a beast in deliverance. Bah, 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 bah. And then I got around Apostle Eckhart, Matthew Stevenson, who've been doing this, Apostle Kevin Leo, and others. Apostle Ivory Hopkins, and then I realized, man, I'm still on level one. I'm on level one. Like, Lord, forgive me. And what happens? I When I got out of my, my perimeters, my shapes in my brain, and I began to <clears throat> go other places and learn when I came back, my understanding of that thing increased. And then I realized this, that a large percent, maybe like 5% of things that I said was the devil, was actually not the devil, was just ignorance from my part. I remember when I used to say there's no such thing as modern-day apostles. I preached that thing heavy in 2004. I remember in 2004, I used to say a Christian can't have a demon. I used to preach against deliverance. I did Bible studies with PowerPoint in my church. Well, back then, we didn't have projectors. I had an old teacher projector. I had a teacher projector. You know a teacher projector? You take the blank screen, a blank page, you put it on the thing, and there's like a light, and it shines it up. It was one of those... Like literally, I did Bible studies against deliverance. I used to say all these deliverance ministers, sensational, in error. Like, 
Look at these people talking about a Christian can't have a demon. A Christian can't have a demon. The Holy Ghost and a demon can't live in the same place. And I used to say, heretic. Because I was, the way I was zealous now, I was zealous back then. The religious. I used to be like, so is, I used to say, Derek Prince is a heretic. Frank Hammond, heretic. And now I'm a Frank Hammond, I'm a Derek Prince. This is a true story. So number three is pastor, Christian, leader, friend. You have to step outside, outside your territory and explore and fellowship with those who don't think like you. So that way, your information, Apollos, is not outdated like, uh, like the 12 disciples. You can read this. I'm giving you scriptures for every point. Like the 12 disciples in the shore of Ephesus. Uh, Acts chapter 19, verse 1. It says, Paul came to a shore and saw 12 disciples. He started preaching. And when he started seeing that nobody was getting touched with the Holy Ghost and no miracles, he stopped and said, uh, what baptism have you been? Have you been baptizing the Holy Spirit? And you know what they said? Paul, you know, uh, uh, we never even heard of a Holy Spirit. We never heard. Of the Holy Spirit. And Paul said, what? He started teaching. And while in the middle of his teaching, you started hearing, he was like, oh yeah, oh yeah. And the Bible says, they upgraded their understanding. You know what it is to have church with no Holy Ghost and not know that there is a Holy Ghost? Ignorance dominates multitude of believers who will be like, that's a witch, that's a witch, that's a witch, that's a, that's a, that's a warlock. Okay, okay, I get it. I'm not saying that they don't exist. How do you know? I don't know. It's just something about them I don't like. Oh, baby, that's jealousy. You can't say, there's something about them I don't like. That shouldn't be the discernment catalyst. No, 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 no. When somebody tells me that, I always tell them, no lie. When people tell me that, like different scenarios, you know what I always say joking around? I always say that. I said, wow, that green-eyed monster done bit you. You know what I'm saying? And they laugh and go, brother Pagani. Like, I'm just, I'm just saying, that green-eyed monster done bit you. You know? And really, I'm just trying to, I'm sarcastically rebuking them. I'm like, that green-eyed monster, he done bit you. You know what green-eyed monster is? That envy. That envy done gripped you. Because this ain't got nothing to do with like. This has everything to do with by the words of their mouth, you will know their fruit. Watch this. See, out of the abundance of the, the mouth speaks. Did you catch it? So you determine the fruit based on the fruit of their lips. See? I want to encourage you. you. You have to expand. You have to get out your circle and get around those. You have to get around those who can help sharpen you. Did you catch it? So that way you are not making these accusations hurting people. Now I'm not saying 
some people aren't sent on assignment. Yeah. Yeah, some folks, they be sent by the devil. But I'm telling you, man, let me give you an example, another example. The Bible says, love one another, embrace each other with a holy kiss, right? Bible actually says that the Christian greeting, there's a kiss involved, right? Like, a, you know, this is, it's cultural, the double kiss, right? In the Middle East, right? Someone I know, pastor I know, man, this pastor I know, true story. This was January of 2018. I got a lot of stories, y'all. Because I travel. And I got a lot of stories. I'm an itinerant minister. I have tons of stories. January 2018. This pastor, I went to their church. I'm not going to tell you what state. It was, it was over on the, on the other side of the country. This pastor, I know this pastor. This pastor is one humble Loving, loving guy, man. Like, loving dude. In that particular special event, there was a lot of pastors there that day. And this pastor is a hugger. Every time I see him, he hugs me. And he's like, yo, Pagani, man, I love you, man. Blah, 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 blah. This is and that. This guy was a hugger. This guy is a hugger. You know? That day, there was visiting church. There was visiting churches that day. Visiting pastors. And true story. This pastor hugged a first lady, right? Nothing different than what he did. He hugs and God bless you. A lot of love. I didn't think nothing of it until after the service when I, I noticed that this particular first lady was, I don't know, she just looked off a little bit. So I didn't pay no mind to it. Later that week, I get a call. This true story, y'all. I'll end with this to tell you how we got to get delivered from optics, man. Um, and I was like, they called me and I was like, yo, what's going on? You know, they told me, said, man, you know, you remember this pastor that came with his wife? I was like, yeah, I remember they were there. Remember that she looked a little bit? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was the issue with the story. Here was the issue. The pastor, when he gave her a hug, she said she felt something was off with him. She felt something sexual. Let me tell you something. I know this man of God. Not an ounce, not an ounce of that. Here was the issue. This particular first lady, they were coming from a religious denomination. And a religious denomination, the men and the women don't really hug. Like It's more like God, a handshake. God bless you. And he's like, he's a type that you're going to give him a handshake. He'd be like, man, we, we do hugs here, man. We do hugs here. We do hugs here. Like, you know, like when you see him, you can't go, hey, God bless him. No, he's, he's one of those. He like, when you see him, he's like hugging. You know what I'm saying? And hugged. Right? So if you try to say, God bless you, my brother, he'll be like, oh, we don't handshake here. We hug, man. We hug here. She went, told her husband something was off. True story. It she carried that. She carried that until he had gotten the call because it got to him. They were like, yo, we have to tell the pastor about this. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, whoa. I was like, whoa. So then my wife was there. My wife was with me. So I asked her about it. My wife comes from religious churches. When my wife heard about it, my wife looked at my face and was like, what's bothering you? And I go, you remember that day? And you know what she told me? She was like, oh, I can answer that. 
That's because in the religious churches, men don't hug the women. You do a, 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 a disconnected handshake for the sake of no touching. I don't come from religious churches, so I don't I didn't know that. Like I'm like, what? Huh? Like, and then she was she was like, that's how we greeted each other growing up in church. I was like, really? So no hugs? Not between male and female. I was like, wow. So then I said, I, I told her, uh, you know saying, you know, uh what happened. And she was like, okay, I see why she said that, but she was wrong because we know this pastor and it wasn't true. Long story short, that, that first lady spread that throughout the whole state. And now there's a bunch of other pastors who have a one eye open with this pastor in the name of her. Watch this. Her list that something's off sexually with the pastor. Guess what her rule was? A hug. A hug, a hug, a simple hug. No list about, you know, fruits to see if someone. Her list had one thing. Men don't hug women. Like, what the heck? And I, that's kind of like when I said my wife grew up in legalistic churches. You know, and I, I hate legalism. Like, I hate legalism, man. You know, my wife is a lot more patient when it comes to that. You know, when she told me that, this is what I said to her, because she was like, Alex, don't start. I was like, then y'all religious folk are petty. She was, this is what she said. She was like, Alex, it's all they know. I was like, that's sad. That's petty. You know, that, that's why she don't bring, like, I can't, I, when it comes to religious spirit, I, I get real offensive. I'll be like, y'all petty. You know what I'm saying? With that stuff. You know, she was like, and so we joked with it for a little bit. She was like, that's all they know. And I was like, so that's all they know. This pastor loses his reputation because that's all she knows. She was like, Alex, what do you want me to do? So we just kind of led me 18 months late. Well, two years later, because 2019, to January 2020, two years later, me sharing with you, take your, take your discernment off of optics. Establish a biblical criteria to determine whether something is or isn't. Number three is step out your circumference so that your culture, your church culture and understanding grows. If not pastor, leader, head intercessor, and whatever the case may be, you're going to be labeling people, destroying their ministry based on a hunch that has no biblical premise. And you will give an account when you stand before God when you stand before God, you will give an account of the ministries you destroyed in the name of, I didn't know, Lord. You will lose. I'm telling you, when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, the reward that you think you're going to receive from being a champion of watching for wolves, you're going to find that you mislabeled a bunch of true believers as a wolf who were real sons and daughters of God. And you're going to lose, you're going to lose your reward. You're going to watch the work burn up. Let me tell you something. What I have found out about the judgment seat of Christ is that the judgment seat of Christ does not understand, I didn't know, my heart was pure, Lord. I did it sincerely. Not in the judgment seat of Christ. When you deal with interactions between us, we give you empathy for what you didn't know. But when you stand before him, the Bible says, look what it says. 
The Bible says that certain works are going to be burned up. That means in heaven, there's loss. Catch that revelation. In the Bible, there's no loss in heaven. No, the Bible says when your works burn up, when you get before the judgment seat of Christ, which is in heaven, the judgment seat of Christ is in front of the temple in the temple in New Jerusalem. The judgment seat of Christ is not some throne on its own. The judgment seat of Christ is the judgment seat that the, the high priest would sit in front of the temple to judge the people. It was a throne. It was called the seat of honor in front of the temple where they would sit all day to hear the people's problems like Moses did. Remember? That was in the tabernacle. So the judgment seat of Christ is in heaven, which means this. You're not going to go to hell if you make the judgment seat of Christ. But there will be loss in the judgment seat of Christ. The Bible says your works will burn up. Your works will burn up. And the Bible says you will be saved by the skin of your teeth. Amen. I'm out of here. I love you. The Lord's favor, grace, and blessing be upon all of you in Jesus' mighty name. I'm gone. I'm out. Love ya. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.